Hello, everyone. This is Pause for Parenting, brought to you by Paradise, Parent Education for Development in Barbados, and this radio station. I'm Cicely Clark Richmond, Director of Paradise. Paradise is a non governmental organization established with the primary goal of addressing the challenges faced by parents and families in Barbados. Assistance is provided through a wide range of programs, which include classes in parenting designed to educate parents in all aspects of child-rearing practices to help them to positively impact the lives of their children. Paradise promotes strong, cohesive family life, which includes working towards life goals, imparting values to promote positive family life, and practicing work-life balance to include entertainment, reading, play, and to bring balance to life. Paradise also provides private and confidential individual and family counseling. These sessions are designed to assist clients to identify the root problems affecting them. Our other flagship program is the Community Outreach Program. We will be happy to assist your organization, be it a school, place of employment, church, community or sports groups, to talk to parents and young adults about parenting. Call us at 427-0212 or email us at admin at paradise.net with your requests. We also offer a parenting class where you can learn how to keep your child involved in positive, wholesome activities. Classes are held on Wednesdays between 4.30 and 6.30 p.m. and Saturdays between 9.30 and 12.30. Today on Pause for Parenting, first I must say it's good to be back in the chair after a short break. I want to thank Shernal Marshall for sitting in and hosting the program while I was away. So it's the month of May, the month when our focus and attention takes on more significance as we not only highlight our children, their rights, our responsibilities, we also highlight some of the organizations responsible for the care and protection of our children. We know that unfortunately not all children will grow up in a stable home. While the reasons varied and are many, the number one agency responsible for protecting our children is the Child Care Board. Today we begin our focus on the work of the board through its foster care program. Here to tell us about that program is Ms. Alicia Leslie Payne, a senior child care officer with responsibility for adoption and foster care. Alicia, welcome. Thank you very much, Cecily. Yes, it's good to have you here. And you know, every year we focus on children during this month. So tell me a little bit about how long you've been at the board and some of the areas that you would have worked in. Well, I've been at the board, as I said, for over 22 years. Mm -hmm. And I've worked in the foster care program, the intake program, child abuse, residential. So I've basically worked in all of them. (laughs) The only program I probably didn't work in was the government daycare okay and private daycare okay but there's still there's still room for some place for you to go yes <laughs> yes definitely so let's talk about foster care um do you have any idea exactly when it was established and any any major changes that would have occurred since it was established the child care board as a social service agency was established by the child care board act of 1969 mm-hmm. which was amended in 1981 
to widen the scope of the board's operation. In accordance with the mandate, the Child Care Board is expected to place children in foster care and supervise these placements. So basically, the foster care program is rooted in legislation, and that is how it basically started. Mm-hmm. Through the years, I don't think there have been many changes. We still have the issue of having more children in need of foster care and having to, you know, want persons to seek to take up that mandate and come to the board and apply to be foster parents. Okay. So let's let's just be clear, and Chris, anybody's listening that may have not heard about it, we're not quite sure, just give us the exact definition of foster care. What does it mean? Foster care is family-based care for children who cannot stay in their own homes because they have been harmed or are at risk of being harmed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, secondly, it's a partnership with the board. So the foster parent is in partnership with the board. You're not out there on your own. You're in partnership with the board, and the officer is assigned to each placement, and that officer supervises that placement and gives counsel to the persons accordingly. Now, I know you have different types of foster care, correct? Mm. Yes, please. Tell us about that. There are different types. You have short-term foster care, which could be from a day to about six months, and then you have long-term foster care, which should be from the day to the child, which is the the 18th birthday, right? And you also have emergency foster care, where the child will be just in a placement for a couple of hours to a day to a couple of days. A couple of hours? Yes. Okay. Depending on how long that child needs to be cared for. Mm -hmm. As I said, our mandate is care and protection. So in an instant where, for instance, immigration might ask us to hold a child them while they deal with a matter with the parents okay right for a couple of hours mm-hmm. so that child will just be held for that length of time mm-hmm. and then release back to the parents or whatever immigration has to do okay right, so. so I'm assuming that you depend on the public in terms of reporting these cases of children who are in these situations that they would need help yes yes the public and also other agencies that we cooperate with will be the police, Mm -hmm. and as I said, the immigration, and sometimes the court. If matters are before the court, the court might order that we, the child come into Child Care Board's care, and uh, while the court make a decision on that child's future. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the agencies that we work with. Right. But generally, how how would a child come into the care of, of the Child Care Board? As I said, if they're at risk and in need of care and protection, because we are the agency mandated to do that on the law. So suppose a child, um, in terms of homelessness, um, you might have a situation where a mom might have to go have surgery and there's no one that is there to care for her children. The children would come into care. As I said, some children come via court where there's a situation where that child is no longer able to stay where they are and a place of safety order might be put in place and that child has to come into care for that period of time. Mm-hmm. So they will come into residential care. If we have a foster placement, that child could possibly go into that foster placement You know, after we have done our checks and balances and assessments for the child to see where their needs are and, and so are. That child could possibly go into that kind of a placement. Are there any, any other cases where um, the public could report that they're, they're seeing something suspicious or, 
you know, that would warrant you to investigate to possibly maybe foster care adoption, whatever, in terms of, you know, seeing something in the neighborhood, uh, hearing, you know, stories. Yes, certainly. Um, coming out of last month, well, this month of April is supposed to be the child abuse month. Mm-hmm. And public is in, the public is encouraged to, if you see something, say something, and they can report anything they see suspicious. You don't have to know all the details, but if you think that something is not untoward and your instinct is telling you that something's not right with this child or right. something's going on in this family that's not quite right, you can make a report to the, the board via a call. Um, some people come in and make that, but due to COVID, we prefer, prefer if you would call and make that. Mm-hmm. There's always someone, two persons are assigned to intake duty every day. So you make that call via the board, and our numbers there are 535 2800, right? And make that report. Somebody will then be assigned to investigate it. So then we would find out if what you thought was untoward is true or not, and we take it from there. Mm-hmm. Have you all seen a, a increase in the number of calls you've received, especially during this COVID period? There has been a slight increase. I'm not sure if that means more abuse is taking place or, just or that no means reports. that peop- more reporting is mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Because we are aware that during COVID, a lot of persons are stationary at home with their children and so on now. So you might be seeing some things that you weren't noticing before. True. And some people have more time now, you know, you were home and in COVID, especially lockdown last year, you were home, the neighbor's home, everybody's home. Mm-hmm. So people are, were noticing more stuff because you had a, a time where you're not so busy and going back and forth. Right. So you might be noticing some stuff. Um, children being homeschooled so, as well, so you might be noticing some more. So I, I'm not sure if it's an increase per se or if it's an increase in reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are being, you know... With all the campaigns and stuff going on around the world, people are so much more aware of what is going on with children, what is normal and what is not no, supposed no, no. to happen with yes. our kids. Exactly. Okay, so we we are dependent on persons coming forward um, to become foster parents. How do you qualify? What, what do I need to, to have, to do, if I believe I want to be able to take in a child? Okay, the first thing you need to do is to... Let us at the Child Care Board know that you're interested. Okay. And to do that, you can, as I said, call and express your interest to the intake officer. They will take your information and then an application will be sent to you. And from there, then, you will be assigned an officer to do your assessment and so on. So you can call. Some people do walk-ins. We also have an email address for okay. persons that want to use that medium. Mm-hmm. You can do your email. You send it to Child Care Board at dot, uh, barbers.gov.bb and you just indicate you know, what it is you're interested in and someone will respond to that and answer your questions, right? So even after you have made that initial step and you have more questions when your officer has contacted you, you can still query those questions and so on because you don't just make a call, have your application and then you're a foster parent. Okay. It's a process, mm-hmm. okay? So after your application, that application has authorization forms where you have you are given us permission to seek your medical information from your doctor and you're also given us permission to do police checks on you okay. and you're also given us permission you give some references there and you're given us permission to contact those persons and ask for a reference pertaining to your character right so it's not just that you make the application or you make the phone call and next day you're a, yeah. uh, a foster parent it's mm-hmm. not that easy so then after then 
and uh, officers assigned, as I said, to do an assessment of you. And this is assessment is pretty in, in depth because they tell people, okay, being a foster parent, you say, oh, well, the board is probably want all this information. We don't want this to do. Yeah, you're checking in my, checking my, my physical health and my mental health. You're checking which everything is important, about yes. me. I said to people, if you had a child and your child had to be in the care of the board in foster care, what would you like to know about that person? Ah, person right. say, I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell me everything about them. I want to know everything. I said, okay, well, let us begin. Yes. Because the children that you are going to be, to be so eligible careful. for foster yes. care. We have to screen you very carefully. Mm-hmm. And their parents want to know everything, too, about the person that they are going to be placed with. Mm-hmm. So after you have done that um, length of assessment, you also have a session, some sessions with your divorce psychologist. You have to do some sessions with her as well. And her sessions are very important. Of course. Because she has to make a recommendation then as to if the person is going qualify. to be eligible, mm-hmm. qualify. Because as we know, mental health is a very serious thing. So she has to make some recommendations there. And your recommendations are positive for you. You go far, your assessment is taken to a committee with a report from the officer that did the assessment. And that, uh, that report then is taken to the board and they will prove you are, you know. So How, how a, long can that pro- this process take? That process can be as speedily as your references and your police checks and your medicals come back. <laughs> So sometimes people say, well, that sounds really long. But sometimes it is taking a little bit of time because, you know, you might send out the reference and you got to kind of remind the person, no, you didn't send it back in. Okay. Or you might send out the, the medical stuff and you got to kind of say, well, you know, your, your doctor didn't send back the thing yet. Have you spoken to your doctor? Mm. Um, here of lately, I must say, the police force have been sending back their, their checks and so on very speedily. Thank all kudos to them. Mm-hmm. So... That process can take from about the time you have gotten back your your um, assigned officer and you know you come in for your first interview. Um, that could take about from three to five months. Months? Yes. Okay. Yes, because it's a series of interviews. And as I said, the assessment is very lengthy. The assessment deals with you from the time, basically, your parents, when you were born, where you went to school, how many... Um, persons within your family in terms of your siblings and then it comes through your education area it comes through um, your history if you are a couple and you're married you deal with the marriage history it comes through a lot wow. it comes through a lot so I, I assume you also visit the home and see what to the that home is like and because how that's where the child is going to be living right so you're visiting the home you're seeing the dynamics in the home if there are other persons in the home um, you'll be interviewing them as well. If they have the children in the home, you know, you're interviewing them as well. Mm-hmm. Because that's where the child is going to be living. See that you have adequate space for a child. You don't necessarily have to have their own bedroom, but they must have their own bed. And it, you can be, it can be an overcrowding situation. Right. Because you might be taking a child from that kind of a situation. Yes, right? them in so, the same situation. Thank you. So it can't be, you know. So what are the, the can... I, as a, a potential foster parent, say, well, I want a boy. He must be between the ages of, you know, three and seven. Must have, you know, straight hair, curly hair. <laughs> can, can I give you details? That is a very good question. Um, that comes to choosing who you want yes. to uh, um, foster. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say you can give your preference if you're a person that prefer to, to care for boys. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, you can give that preference. 
But when you make a put an age limit, just remember that if this child is in foster care for a number of ages, not gonna, years, it's not going to remain at that age. Yeah, that's true. So mm-hmm. that's a tricky question. Mm-hmm. But you do have... At least you, can, you have some input in terms input of to what... Input say, to say. Yes. At least you say you want a boy or a girl. Want a boy or a girl. Yes. Or you might say um, the age range that you want right. to work with because children are generally placed for foster care that are five and over. So you can say the age range that you want to work with. I prefer to work with children under 12. I mm-hmm. prefer to work with teenagers because, you know, people get along with children at different stages. Right. Well, so... You can make those preferences. I'm not promising you that <laughs> that is what will be available. Yes. But you can make those preferences. No, I mean, just get, get going back to the process because I, I'm wondering if, and, and I understand the, the need for it to be very detailed, um, but I'm sure somebody listening, there's really a lot of information that they really need to have, you know, and, and getting into my personal stuff but again I understand I, I understand why and I hope it would not be a deterrent to you know persons listening um, but understand that if you are going to be influencing this child and bring this child into your home we have to be careful you have to be careful you have to be very in terms very careful of, you know it's um, bearing a minor mandate is care and protection exactly and you can't be take a bringing child out a child of a, from a, a, dangerous a dangerous situation or into, a harmful situation yes into, a, put into, it into another into another situation because Every experience that child has is going to impact of on course. them. So you have to be very, very, very careful. Very, very careful. For sure. Um, what about the relationship between the, the child and the biological parent? Once, you know, it's been decided, yes, this you're going to go and live with Mary, uh, will the child be able to, to have still have some sort of contact with the parent, assuming that it's a, a positive situation, but obviously something has happened that the child has to be temporarily you know, be away from the parent? Yes, because the way how the foster care program is set up, you're supposed to have contact with your biological parents unless there are situations where the court says that it's not to happen or if it's not in the best interest of the child Mm -hmm. at that point in time. Because you have situations where the parental rights have been removed and either invested in the board or in the court. So okay. there's some stipulations where they may say no, that the biological parents cannot have interaction at this point in time for mm-hmm. whatever reason. That is not necessarily permanent. Right. That can change if the circumstance change. But generally in foster care, um, the biological parents are supposed to have interaction with their children that are in foster care. Mm-hmm. However, the board is a person that will facilitate that process. Okay. Right? Because you don't want a situation where, you know, the biological parent is kind of turning up every two minutes at the person's house mm-hmm. or calling every three seconds or that kind of situation. So the officer that is assigned to that placement would facilitate those visits, okay. right? If the visits have to take place away from that foster placement, that can be done as well. You go and visit mommy or whatever, daddy, mm-hmm. whatever, and then you go back to the placement. Um, sometimes they would know who the foster parent is, um, but Sometimes they wouldn't know who the foster parent is. This is biological? Yes. Okay. Sometimes they would know, but sometimes they wouldn't Will know. Not know. Yes. Okay. Based on, the, as I said, the circumstances. circumstances. Yes. Okay. Now, we know that parenting is not easy. <laughs> and I can imagine being a foster parent, there will be some challenges that foster parents will have to will have to deal with, especially just if we're just getting acquainted with new house, new, you know, relationships, etc. What are some of the, the challenges that you, over the years, that you have, you know, realized that you've had to deal with? 
Some of the challenges mainly because the children that would be fostered would have suffered some form of maltreatment. Mm -hmm. Most of the challenges come from behavioral, some behavioral issues. Not with every circumstance, right. but awesome. that I guess would be one of the main things for persons. Mm -hmm. um, but then you you have the same challenges that you would have within an ordinary family, where children have educational issues. They may have things at school, things going on. They might have to get extra lessons. You know, just like having an ordinary family, right. in a foster care family, you have those issues as well. And to walk you through those challenges, like in your ordinary house, you don't. I said I call it the child care officer a life coach. You don't have somebody there that you can say, well, this is happening. What do I do now? You might, <laughs> might not have a professional there, but mm -hmm. your child care officer that is assigned. They visit, as I said, every month or sometimes twice a month or where they need be. Because mm -hmm. if you're having some issues in there, obviously the officer is in there more often. Right. They, it, they develop a relationship with that family. Of course. Right? So then they're able to help them through those challenges. Mm -hmm. So no matter it be behavior challenges, if it's something that they can sit and talk with the child about, because... Persons might think that, okay, I'm fostering this child. This child should be grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something really good for this child. Mm -hmm. You got to remember that a child that has been maltreated don't know nothing about gratefulness and that sort of thing. And even us ourselves, if we look back, we are grateful upon reflection. Yes. When we were growing up, we, we were not necessarily it. grateful. Yeah. We thought that might be a little bit unfair, you know. She, of course. She took away whatever and I'm being punished just for this little thing. Mm -hmm. But... You, when you become adult, you realize what mommy was trying to do. She might have been trying to correct something that you were going wrong the wrong mm -hmm. way. Yes. She might have been trying to instill a little discipline, develop a positive habit in you. So children are not generally grateful, right? And you got to remember that a child that has been abused or maltreated would have emotional scars as well. So you're coming in with those kind of things. But you're not left on your own. Because you have persons there. If it becomes an issue where it's greater than your officer, you also have the psychologist as well. In your ordinary life, you have other challenges. Your child might have, uh, like, as I said, need extra lessons. You might have medical challenges, all that sort of thing. Um, those things too are dealt with and you get the assistance of mm -hmm. professionals to help you mm -hmm. you know whether you have to get braces whatever you have to get the same things that mm -hmm. will happen and so you're not left alone no you definitely are not. not yes you yes, are not definitely, you are definitely not. our time is going so let's just address those parents out there those potential parents out there who will be listening and thinking about it not too sure um the benefits that and not only in terms of you know maybe tangible you know money but the fact that you are now helping a child who needs help, who needs to be in a safe environment for however long that takes, what would you tell them? The benefits I see as you, um, you know, enriching your life and helping another human being. Uh, you may say, okay, but you are actually helping another human being. You're helping to shape a life. You're helping to raise an asset to society you know, as as opposed to a liability. So mm -hmm. you're here then to put some positiveness into this child's life. And for your qualities, love, non-judgmental, you know, being a very caring person, acceptance, you know, don't be comparing the child to other children you know, accept them on their level. That's very, very important. So those are some of the benefits of fostering. I can tell you that... Um, benefit in terms of money <laughs> because foster care in Barbados we are a small island state so mm -hmm. our foster care program don't really handle that 
large amount of money. <laughs> so, but you do get assistance in, in areas. There's a, a monthly stipend and the children are also given, um, when you have to go back into school and so on, the purchase of school books, the school clothes, all those things are assisted with from the side of government, child care board. So you do get, you do get some monetary help. Okay. But as I said, we are a small nation. Yes, we know. <laughs> so once again, what the, what should the potential parent do in terms of contacting the child care board? Well, we're going to be having for the month of May, mm-hmm. we're going to be having some what we call foster care public awareness initiatives. And we're going to be having one at the Sky Mall on the 7th of May, uh, Massey Supermarket Warrens on the 14th of May and Emerald City Supermarket on the 21st of May. Um, we will be there, um, the team, from 11 to 2. And we're basically interacting with the public and let them know what the program is about and so on. At the ending of the month, we're going to be having a workshop for prospective foster parents. So these people that we meet and interact with on those three Saturdays, mm-hmm. we hopefully then that some of them will be come. willing to come to that workshop. But you do have to register because under the COVID protocols and so on, there are only a certain amount of people we can have. But if you didn't get into that one, don't fear during the, going down the course of the year, we can still have another one of those because we do need foster parents. We do need foster parents. Yes. I, I, I think that... <laughs> Given, given the, the, the whole idea of giving back to as well, because if you think back in your life, somebody would have helped you at some yes. point. And if you have a house that you have rooms that are empty, you have the time, you can invest in, in a child's invest life. And you, child's I'm future. positive you will not regret it. Ms. Payne, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. As we said, this is the first program that we're going to be looking at the various agencies and, and, and persons who are involved in the, in the care and protection of children. So I thank you all so much. And I wish you the best for this whole month as we continue to focus on our children. All the best to you with the foster care program. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Paradox for allowing us to come and share on Pause for Parenting so we can push the foster care program from the Child Care Board. I do thank you for that. You're welcome. We hope that as you listened to this broadcast, you have benefited in some way and feel motivated to apply the information to your parenting experience. Once again, we at Paradise thank you for listening to Pause for Parenting. Remember, parenting is all-encompassing. Parents are their children's first and foremost teachers, guidance counselors, and nurturers. You are responsible for guiding and nurturing all aspects of your child's development, including their cognitive and educational development, as well as their social skills and emotional thinking. I leave you with these words of encouragement. Children are a gift from the Lord, a heritage and a reward, and are not to be seen as burdens. So train your child in the way that he or she should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I wish you a blessed and productive week ahead. Mm-hmm.